Welcome to Behind the Movement. I am Kyle Fincham. Thanks so much for uh, listening and downloading. Um, I've got an awesome conversation I'm excited to share with you with Alex Maluski. Uh, before I get to it, though, I have just a couple of announcements that I want to share with you. The first is that I'm going to be teaching two special online classes Um, The first is going to be for the Spirit Loft, uh, which is a a movement school up in Toronto um, that my friends Catalina and Andre own. And uh, I got connected with them because they hosted a Fighting Monkey workshop back in, I think it was 2016 or 17, and uh, Alexa and I attended and... Um, I've been following their work ever since, and I'm a, a really big fan of, of everything that they do. Um, yeah, I follow closely. And if you live in the Toronto area, I strongly suggest uh, going and checking out the Spirit Loft. Um, but yeah, they reached out and asked if I would be interested in teaching uh, a special online class. They're doing a series where they um, have different teachers from you know outside of Toronto doing online classes. Uh, for their students, but as well as anyone else that wants to sign up. So, yeah, I accepted the invitation, and I'm going to be teaching this special uh, class for them on February 11th, which is a Thursday, and it'll be at 11 a.m. Pacific time and 2 p.m. Eastern time, and that'll be a 75-minute class. If you want to uh, get in on it, it is... uh, easy to sign up you can just go to spiritloft.com and if you just go to the events workshops page uh, you should be able to find it there the second uh, online class that I'm going to be teaching is for our breath collective and I got linked up with uh, with this crew uh, via a conversation that I had with Kimberly Ann Johnson I interviewed her for the podcast um, last week, and I'll be uploading uh, that interview next week. Um, but during the conversation, she mentioned our Breath Collective and invited me to teach an online uh, movement class for their community as well. And our Breath Collective is um, a place to go and and learn about breath work, to take breath work classes. Um, yeah, it's a it's a, a community. Of breathers Um, yeah I've uh, been familiar with their work for about a year or so so I'm really excited to uh, to teach this workshop Um, if you go to ourbreathcollective.com and go to the workshops and events page uh, if it's not up there yet it should be available on there soon and that class will be on March 7th <clears throat> at the same time as the Spirit Loft class, it'll be 11 a.m. Pacific time and 2 p.m. Eastern time, and that will also be a 75-minute class. Uh, so like I said, ourbreathcollective.com. Cool. Uh, the last thing is uh, Movement Brooklyn Online. Uh, I'm really enjoying... Uh, being a part of, of the, the, the new Movement Brooklyn thing we have going on here. Um, 
like I said, uh, I teach a, a, or like I've said, I teach a weekly class on there, and the recording is always available to the members of Movement Brooklyn Online, and there's a library of about 120 hours of classes that I taught from March to about August, and then each week we're uploading new videos and, and ideas and concepts, and I hold office hours to help support people's practice and also... Um, yeah, we have conversation there. It's uh, it's not one way. It's not just me shouting at everybody. It's uh, uh, it has a live feed, so everybody can jump in on the conversation. And yeah, it's a it's a really cool thing to watch evolve and grow and develop. Each month we do a uh, a focus. In the current month, January, we've been focusing on play. And kind of leading into February, we're looking at what uh, what we're going to focus on. And I think in February, we're probably going to be focusing on upper body gymnastics. So we'll be sharing uh, some ideas and approaches to to tackling some of those some of those skills, like uh, muscle ups and, and planches and front levers and things like that. So if you're interested in in picking up what I'm putting down on the Movement Brooklyn online front. You can go to movementbrooklyn.com or you can go to members.movementbrooklyn.com and you can sign up there. Um, and if you want to follow anything else that, uh, that I'm doing or, or that's happening through Movement Brooklyn, you can follow on Instagram. My Instagram is at Kyle Grit and um, Movement Brooklyn Instagram is just at Movement Brooklyn. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast if you've been following or, or you're or you're new to it and you're enjoying it uh do me a favor in whatever platform you're listening on uh give us a rating and write a review it would be really helpful now let's get to uh the conversation with alex um <clears throat> alex is located here in boulder where where alexa and i are at right now and uh, a couple friends um suggested that he and i connect so a couple weeks ago, he and I grabbed a coffee outside and, and chatted a little bit. And, um, you know, I was really uh, into his ideas and his approach and everything that he had to say. And he invited me to come and take some of his classes. So that I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And it's been really cool and exciting and, and humbling. Um, yeah, it's been a real privilege. Um yeah, Alex is a is a really interesting dude. He owns or he's one of the founders of Block Seventeen Fifty here in Boulder, which is a uh, movement school. And I've been taking his breakdancing class. Um, yeah, like I said, really great experience. Um, he's also a full time movement artist. He's a wellness coach as well as an educator. In 2006, uh, he started competing and taught and performed all around the world. His movement style is rooted in b-boying, martial arts, tricking, contemporary, and house dance. And his mission is to lead people through movements and emotions that they have never experienced before, inspiring new thinking and creativity. Uh, Alex focuses on this mission full-time by continuing to be a student in many styles of movement and performing, competing, and exchanging with dancers and students on a daily basis. Um, like I said, 
this was a really awesome conversation and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So here it is, Alex Maluski. Yeah. How did how did the block come to be? Oh, whoa! Because now, because now, after being there and taking some classes there, and I've taken classes at like lots of different places, and I would say maybe only one or two places that I've ever been to where I've taken a class has it had that like really special. I don't know, like almost like sacred feeling. I don't know how to describe it other than mm. it's just like, it feels more than just like a space. Like it feels like it's something special. And like one of them is where I was doing jujitsu in New York, Marcelo's. And uh -huh. then the other place was a place where I started teaching CrossFit back in like 2013 or 14. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I don't know. The block has that feeling as if it was like an organic growth. So I'm curious like how it kind of came to be. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the CrossFit place? Is that still around? Cause, cause I want to go visit these places for sure. <laughs> well, so CrossFit virtuosity is where I started. It was in Brooklyn. Um, but I would say it, it's not where it was like the original spot that I walked into mm -hmm. is like this kind of special, like, I think it was like almost ground floor, like New York CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's since kind of, change but when i first walked in it had that feeling but if you do go to new york and you decide that you want to get into some grappling going to marcello's is like it has that nice. special thing hell yeah that's awesome um yeah man i mean i'm <laughs> i've been you know hopping around the world looking for movement places that you know have things to teach us that that we can adopt here and it's they're definitely few and far between um for for so many reasons you know um but i think a lot of that does come back to like where where the block comes from um which is we so when i say we um <laughs> i'm basically talking about our our dance crew which is called worm tank um and we started um in boulder about about 10 years ago um about 2000 well yeah, I'd say like yeah, 2010 ish. Um, I moved here in 2008 from Denver and met some of these guys and, and we just started breaking together. Um, and we started teaching at this studio in Boulder called Streetside, um, which is another dance studio here in town, which is awesome place to, you know, to go learn different dance styles. And that was like, kind of like the fundamental training for, um, a lot of the the dancers who have come out of Boulder, um, which are like some pretty epic people that have done a lot of stuff in in the global scene. Um, but but we so we were teaching there, and it was kind of like mainly myself, um, my friend Larkin, who I mentioned him to you before, but he's a choreographer, hip hop dancer, b boy. Um, just mover dancer of many styles um, and our friend Isaac um, and we and our friend Bobby. Um, so we were kind of like the, the heads in the crew um, and we met all these kids there and they just kind of like started coming to practice with us. Like I would take the bus to the studio um, three days a week and then we would go practice at CU after and a lot of these kids would kind of like hop on the bus and go practice with us. Um, and from there we started doing this like 
every Friday night we would go to someone's house and just like chill and we would make food and hang out and dance and get down and like just do whatever like we would we would go hiking we would go to the park um but the idea was like it was this like multi-generational just like hip-hop jam um and like we would have you know sometimes people would come through and like dj sometimes we would do art sessions sometimes we would do graph writing black books like just like it was kind of like all over the place um but it was it was fun because you had like 10 year olds and 30 year olds and we were just vibing and sometimes like parents would come through and like it was all like safe and sober and like you know like we wanted to make it so that there was no like question that like you know it was like a good vibe it wasn't like sketchy like college kids and like and like middle school kids it was always just like you know safe clean healthy sober vibe um so we did that for for many years um and we kind of like hopped around to like whoever had the best house at the time we would like the chill would be at their house and at one point it was like um our friend isaac he was like down in texas and we were it was like his house was the hub for a while but we couldn't use it anymore so we started going to like our little like prodigy kids like parents house so he was like he was like 10 and his parents were like oh yeah you guys can come here so then like every friday we'd like roll up like 20 people deep to his parents house and just like take over and like they were all about it they were like having a blast they would like you know help us pay for food and like you know we could sleep over it was just like it was it was a good time um but then isaac came back from texas and him and I were kind of like, all right, like we should like, we should live together and we should find a place that's like, you know, more conducive to like these types of chills where we don't have to like go take over like this kid's family's house every week. Um, and also maybe it's like a little bit more like, I guess like, you know, these dances come from like the, you know, the streets, right? They come from the Bronx, New York. Um, and, and a little bit less suburban, I guess, like rather than like going to like this kid's like six bedroom house with like the white walls and the like fancy everything. It's like, like that doesn't really fit like what, like the vibe of hip hop. Um, so we we're like, yeah, it'd be fresh to get like a warehouse or something. And then we could just like base out of there. Um, so then him and I kind of talked about it. And then our friends had this other studio at the time called the Bee Life and they, they were actually looking to like sell the studio or like kind of move on because they they were out of the dance scene and our other friend larkin who was on the crew he was like the heavy hitter teacher over at that studio so so we were just all hanging out one day and we were talking about it and, he, and we were like yeah like do we want to take over this studio and and me and isaac were like well like could we like live at that studio and we were like very quickly like no that wouldn't work at all like the space is way too small um, and there's like no amenities. So then like, but Larkin got excited about it too. And he was like, yo, like, it'd be, it'd be cool if we had a place. Cause once the B life's gone, like, cause we weren't teaching at street side anymore. He was like, once the B life's gone, like we're kind of like SOL, like we're not going to have anywhere to teach. Um, so then we started like dreaming a little bit bigger and anytime like dreams got bigger, like we hit up our friend Becca because she's like, she's like the business finance like focus female mastermind <laughs> um, and like three dudes can only do so much right so so like we hit her up and then like shit got a little more real um she was like all right well like we got to think about this and we we're like what 
we have to think about it. What do you mean? <laughs> um, so then, so then we started looking at like different places where we could maybe like open a studio, but also like kind of live there on the DL. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And it kind of long story short with that. Um, I used to do, I used to train Muay Thai at Easton, um, which was in this space at that time when we were searching. Um, and they actually built, I don't know if you've been to the Easton facility. Yeah, I've been so they, there, yeah. They built that facility six years ago um, or, or maybe seven years ago. And when, in the time that we were looking for a space, they were moving. So then one day I like, I drove by and I was like, oh snap, there's like a four lease sign in the window of where I used to train. <laughs> and I was like, that's interesting. So then I like called the landlord and and we put in an offer and she accepted and all of a sudden it went from being like, maybe we should do this to like, are we going to sign a lease? <laughs> and, and it got way more real, really fast. Um, and we kind of decided like, all right, let's like, let's go for like the more of a dance studio vibe because we're in this like more like retail type location, but we can't afford to do that right off the bat. Cause we don't really have like, like we have a very small following from the B life that we kind of absorbed, but we also like couldn't pay the rent here with that. So we also decided like, okay, well, Isaac and I are going to live here for a while. <laughs> so we actually like lived here and, and, you know, we paid our rent to the studio to keep it alive. Um, and then we kind of built, you know, the floor and the, the walls and the ceiling, like from the ground up, like we like raised money through Kickstarter. We had like, I feel like at some point every like, hip hop related dancer in Colorado came through and like built something here, whether that's like painting a wall or putting up, you know, ceiling panels or helping hammer the floor, like hardwood, like everyone did something like, like literally like over a hundred people like helped build this space. Um, and like the, the spark for all that was like these Friday nights, right? It was like, the making food, hanging out and like training as a, like, or not even training, but just like dance party, right? Like as like a crew. Um, so I think like when you walk into the block and you like feel this vibe, that's because like, this was never like a dance studio. It was like, it was like a home, like a literal home and a figurative home for, for like dancers who didn't have another home. Um, and a place where like we could come in and like, do what we wanted like we could if we want to put skulls on the wall we could put skulls on the wall if we want to like train until 3 a.m we can train until 3 a.m if we want to have you know a padded floor where we can practice on or like a head spin set up in the ceiling like we could we could do all those things um and that's kind of like that's like the function that created the form of the studio and i think like that's what you feel like when you come in here, you're like, something's like not quite right about this dance studio. And that's because it's it's not, it's amazing that like, I mean, first the story is like beautiful, Uh, but it's amazing that like, that someone like me, who's just like, I don't know, popping in for like the first time could immediately feel that there was something more than just being like, Oh, let's just build a dance, like a business. You know what I mean? Like, Uh and not knowing that this whole story, but I could ease, I could look around and just like feel some sort of like, seed had been planted and a tree had actually grown Uh as opposed to being like, I'm going to plant a tree. (laughs) Right. Uh, Like, um, so that's, I mean, that's, 
amazing. And you spent so much time there. I mean, between like doing Muay Thai and living there and continuing <laughs> to be there, it's like, I mean, that is really your, your place. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like in terms of like the world at this point, like it's the most home I have, you know, like, like there were, there were years even recently where we're like, I didn't have like a stable place in Boulder and I would come back and like live in like a tent in a friend's yard or like stay in someone's basement or like stay in the back house of a friend or like, you know, just kind of live where I could. But it was like, like my path was always like, take the bus from the airport to downtown Boulder station, walk to the block and like walking into the block. I was like, all right, now I'm home. Like it wasn't anywhere else. Yeah. Well, then, and, and when people walk in and walk out, like, I mean, it's as if you were like a dinner party host, the way you are with people there, like it, it, it feels like it's your home. So in the beginning, totally. in the beginning, though, it was it was just breakdancing that you that you were teaching or, or maybe facilitating there. Um, no, so actually, like, the the following that we kind of absorbed from the bee life was, it was Larkin, which was his company called Side by Side. And it was mostly, um, and it was one breaking class that I was teaching and it was mostly contemporary dance, um, because there was always like a much stronger, um, I guess contemporary dance education, um, interest rather than like a funk styles education interest in Boulder. Um, and it's taken us a really long time to get anywhere with like our breaking program and our like hip hop education programs. Um, so it was like choreography and which was Larkin and contemporary, which was like Hannah and Megan and Sarah Towsley and like all these like Haley Harwood, like all these awesome contemporary teachers who have been teaching in Boulder for, you know, decades. Um, but that was kind of like the bread and butter was like the, the funk styles choreography and the contemporary and then we just like we always wanted like yeah breaking is like our thing but like the thing is like breakers don't take classes right like contemporary dancers who are like badass dancers they still take class you will like almost never find a b-boy in a regular weekly class and <laughs> that's like it's a bummer but that's just like the culture and that's kind of the way it is um so we had to really like start building that from like zero up and it's it's been like i mean until very recently like our like fundamentals classes like house classes and breaking classes like they've had like almost no followings but recently like you're seeing like you're this you're the second generation of like multiple adult intensives for breaking running simultaneously at the block and it's like huge like we've never had as many adult breaking students as we have now and we've been trying to develop that for the last six years so it's it's been a long road well i want a t-shirt that says second generation i want to, <laughs> I want to have to explain that to people <laughs> yeah but what about the kids program so was the kids program always doing well or always popular um no that was also that was a struggle um partially because like street side does a really good job with their kids programming and they have like all different level teams and like, they're just like, they have that on lock and they, and they've been doing that for many years. Um, so we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to step on their toes with like having like a kid's program that was like 
catering to like a similar audience. So we kind of were like, all right, well, what do we do best? And what we do best, like as like the founding members is, is breaking, right? So we were like, all right, well, let's just like focus in on like a kid's breaking program. Um, and that ended up being like a long journey for me because breaking education, like, is just so all over the place. Um, and no one's ever really like developed a strong um, structure for breaking education. And there's many reasons for that. I mean, breaking is such a free and like diverse dance, um, but at the same time, it's like, it's just young, you know? So that was like a big barrier for me is like, okay, well, I want to do a kid's program, but I don't want to have this like disparate, just like, oh yeah, come to a class and like learn whatever every week. Um, so kind of what ended up happening was I went on this like, <laughs> I don't know, voyage of like, okay, well, like what would a kid's program look like and what would it need? Um, and there were a lot of like awesome influential factors there, like everything from like growing up doing martial arts to like the experience of teaching adults and taking workshops as an adult. Um, and then also seeing like other places that have been successful in different ways with like teaching kids breaking. Um, and that kind of culminated in like our beanie system. Um, that was what I was going to mention when, right before you said that, because like, I remember when you told me about this, that you, that you had, I mean, I'll let you explain it, but when you said you had the beanie system, I was like, Oh, he must've done martial arts to like get an idea here. for this <laughs> Yeah. Thing. So like I grew up doing karate for like many years. Um, how's it going? <laughs> Are you here for ballet? Yeah. Cool. They should be out in a minute. Okay. Um, you're welcome just to hang out. It'll be in the other room, but you can like totally chill if you want to. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you saw this last time, but that's. Oh, those are the smart. beanies. Yeah. That's the beanie system. <laughs> by, by the way, I'm also leaving. I'm not editing that part out because I want people to hear that you're like always working and you're always there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Chill. laughs> um, so, so yeah, the, the beanie system, like, that came from this like need that I saw, which was basically like, like kids, like you go to, like, I didn't win an event until I'd been breaking for five years. That's like a long time to be very unsuccessful. <laughs> um, and when, especially as like a kid, like that's too long. Like, so the, the problem that we were seeing or that other students have seen or that I saw was like kids would come in and they'd like, be into it but there wouldn't be like there wouldn't be any like results it would just be like okay like I'm kind of better at that move now like after after two years like okay I can do a windmill now it's like but like it's so hard to see that so I was like okay well what what I did in you know karate was like you would get your belts and you were like so motivated to like get that white belt get that yellow belt get that green belt and you would see like the other people who had those and you'd be like whoa like that person's so cool. Like they're, they're a blue belt, they're a red belt. Like that's just like, that's what I want to be. Um, and you would go to tournaments and you would compete within your belts. And that was huge because the way the breaking world works is you go to a battle and even if it's a kid's battle, it might be your first battle. And this other kid might've been breaking since they were two and they're like doing air flares on you. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is so crazy. Like, there's no way I can compete with that kid. Um, and that's super demoralizing for the new kids who are the most vulnerable to, you know, not wanting to do it anymore. So 
it was like, okay, how can we develop a system that like, you know, lets kids kind of like know where they're at and compete against other kids who are at that similar level. Um, so that's kind of where the beanie idea came from. And it's like, we were like, okay, well, we could do shoelaces. We could do like an actual belt, but like no one wears belts and shoelaces are hard to put on. Like we could do a wristband, like, but then we're like, oh, well, like we all wear beanies like all the time. So what if we just like put the colors on the beanies? Um, and that has been like the differentiator and the main um, kind of retainer of students for our breaking program, because like we see kids come in and they, and they're so excited about getting the white beanie. And when they get it, like I had a parent email me last week and she was like, yeah, like my son, like literally hasn't taken his beanie off. Like he's sleeping in his beanie and I have to take it off of his head because he's like sweating everywhere. And I was uh. like, that's, that's awesome. Right. Like, that's what we want. Like it doesn't, it's not about like the level, like, or the competition, like that doesn't matter. We just want like them to feel like I, I achieved something. And like, and, and then we see kids like, we're like, if you want your green beanie, you have to be able to do windmills. Mm. And that might be the first time that kid goes home and practices every day because yeah. they know what they have to do. And we're not going to give them the green beanie if they don't have the windmill and getting kids to practice at home is like such a hard thing to do. And anything we can do that's going to like motivate that kid to like put in the work, like we're about it. So, you know, if that, if that's the thing that gets them over the edge, like, heck yeah. Like, like hold that carrot, you know? <laughs> well, and I, and I, and I remember like, like taking classes as a kid, whatever it is that like my mom signed me up for. And like the person who was like at the front of the class, the person who was the teacher, there was almost like, they were like larger in life, larger than life. You know what I mean? And like, I know it's, it's weird to talk about it and it's probably hard to like see it when you look at yourself, but like those kids probably look at you and are like, that's the, that's the man. Like that's like, you know what I mean? And, and it just comes natural to you because like I've, you know, I've been in your classes and we've like met up and chatted and like you actually wear the beanie because I think it's like, it's what you, it's how you dress. Like that's like your vibe. And I think the kids look at you and they're so into like your presence and you teaching the thing and they see you wearing the beanie too. So it's like wanting to be a part of like the, the person that they really look up to. So I'm complimenting mm -hmm. you because like you kind of you lead from the front in this way, but it's also like, it, it, I think that that drives them as well. Yeah. Thanks, man. That, I mean, that I totally see it too. Like with, with our other teachers, like we have this one teacher, um, he was like kind of like the main man on the kids program before um, COVID hit. I mean, he was like, he was like the teacher teaching a lot of the classes. Um, and he, his thing is like, he wears all green all the time. Uh, and we call him Mr. Green. And we have kids who now they wear all green, like really? still, like he hasn't taught here, like since last March when things shut down. And like, we have kids who like, they come, they show up and they're all in green. And it's like that, it's just like wanting to like be closer to that, you know, that mentor, that teacher, that person. And, and that's just like, so apparent. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Tahoe skiing. I don't know if we talked about this, but I, I, that's was like my childhood. And I had a ski instructor who became like a mentor and he always like put like stickers on his skis. Like that was kind of his thing. Like you'd get them from the grocery store, just like whatever stickers that kind of had like a, uh -huh. you know, whatever. And I was just like, I don't know. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I was just putting, I would start putting stickers all over my skis and I'd want to get them from the grocery store, like the little quarter machine at like the checkout, <laughs> just cause I was like, Oh, like, 
that's part of like the style or the culture or, or something, totally. you know? Yeah. It's like a, I don't know, you've got like a culture building thing going on. I'm so, also really interested. So I should mention on here that like a number of different people suggested that you and I connect. One of them was Marlo, who I've had on the podcast, who is a dancer and, and amazing in all, all sorts of ways. And Emily, who's also been on the podcast and our mutual friend, Wendy, and they kind of some come, you know, in some ways come from similar worlds and different worlds, you know, but they all kind of express that like, you're somebody who has a lot of interest and like a willingness to like dive into, to uncomfortable places. So like Wendy, for instance, talked about how she taught a, a, a clowning workshop at the block uh -huh. and you participated right with like the red nose and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, I talked to Rafe and, you know, you know, mentioned how you had gone and done his intensive and then, you know, Tom, and you were like in, in uh, Costa Rica studying with Tom. So like, I guess my point is like, you're not limited to break dancing, uh, even though it's like your focus. Mm -hmm. And you also aren't limited to break dancing in terms of what happens under the roof of the block. Like, uh, I assume that they kind of go hand in hand because you're out there experiencing so many things. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm curious about that. And like, when did that become a thing? Or was it always that way? Were you always being like hungry to just like sink your teeth into like a lot of different places? Yeah, no, that's... That's like the most relevant question for me right now. <laughs> um, because so I was talking to um, a friend and someone who's just like been really helping out around the block recently and and have moved in similar circles. Um, she's, you know, knows Marlo well, has worked with her before and and she's a dancer and mover and but she her name's Leah Woods and she has she I know, I know really... Leah. I took oh, a class. Leah? Yeah, we did a workshop with Tom in New York together. Oh, word. Okay. Heck yeah. Um, so she used an interesting term yesterday, which was movement omnivore. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, that's like totally me. Um, and I guess like that's that's been a long time in the making and also a long time in the like fighting. Because <laughs> like, I think like, we all maybe as as breakers we start with like this very inflated opinion of like what we are right it's like oh yeah like we're b-boys we're like the the cream of the movement crop you know like we do everything like we're like the most bad um and i think like there's a lot of movement artists who feel the same way right um, that their thing is like like the most the holy yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and i've heard it from like all angles um so I was very much on that tip for, for a long time. And, you know, it, it wasn't until like I met Larkin that I really kind of started thinking like, oh, maybe there is like some interesting stuff going on in these other movement styles. Um, and, and then getting more into those and starting the block and being around it all the time and seeing like, Oh, like contemporary is like really, not only is it like really awesome, but it's also like extremely hard. <laughs> um, not only is house, you know, really cool and fun vibe, but it's also extremely challenging. Um, and starting to realize like, you know, every dance has its own 
difficulty. Um, and like nothing's easy because there's people in every style pushing so hard that like it's always leveling up and like that's not just breaking. Um, but it wasn't until more recently, um, and I'm trying to think of like the moments in time. Um, I mean, it, it kind of comes back to like, you know, seeing the benefits of doing um, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu and um, I mean, everything from like training parkour and tricking and the little bit of free running that I've done. Um, and those things just like reinforcing like, oh, like there's way more outside of dance that can be applied. Um, and then, I mean, even like seeing the the Just Move documentary, um, that was like, it was like, oh, like I see a lot of like application there, like, like um, training with capoeiristas and, and being like, okay, like there's application there. And, and even like surfing and like, it's just like, okay, like recognizing like this theme, like, okay, it's all movement and it's all applicable. And I think the interesting thing about breaking is like, it literally is like exactly applicable. Like if you learn how to do a helicoptero from a capoeirista, you can like then do that in your round. It's like, there's not a lot of dance styles that are that like spongy. Um, so I think that's like really, really great. Um, cool, there we go. Um, and, and then just like starting to open my eyes to like what's, what's here um, in Boulder. And that's like, you know, with Marlowe's like floor flow stuff, it's like, whoa, like that's like, that's like right here. <laughs> like, that's crazy. And then like the, the BMC and being like, whoa, that's also right here. Um, that's super crazy too. And recently like Mike Fitch and Animal Flow, like that's right here. Um, and, and like Tracy and FRC and like, I mean, there's so much going on in Boulder, like movement wise. Um, and it seems like every time I like explore a new thing, like two other threads open up. And it's right. like, and it's just like, it's very much like infinite in that way. Um, and, and it's just obvious, you know, like, and, and I see like, I see the past version of myself and I have a lot of empathy for people who like don't see that because that was me for 10 years. Um, but then starting to like put those threads together and be like, Oh, like, like I actually don't know anything about strength training. Like mm -hmm. I know about breaking and that can make my body strong, but I don't know about like training strength. Like that's why, you know, that's why I work with Leon, you know, or I don't know. I don't actually know anything about, um, mobility training, but Tracy knows a lot about mobility training. And, and those are things that are like fundamental to movement, um, and dance. So I think like, yeah, there, there's just all this depth in all these places and sure there's places that like, maybe it's like they haven't quite hit the nail on the head or like it's a little bit off, but there's also so many places that are like so well formed and so applicable and so effective in like their methodologies. And, and like going back to like Mike Fitch and animal flow, like I've just been, you know, increasingly exponentially more and more impressed 
and like what he's done and continues to do with that system um, on every level, every time that we talk, because it's just like, wow, like you really went that deep. <laughs> and yeah. like, now I don't have to go that deep because you went that deep and you can like impart that knowledge. And I think that's like, that's the gist of like all of this. You know, I, I, I think it was be, because, you know, you had mentioned him and then I met him over at the block, Mike, uh, he and I met up for a walk and chat last week. And like, I don't know, uh, we, we walked for maybe it was almost two hours and just like chatted a bit. And I was like, man, I had like so much admiration. And I was like, this is, you know, the, the journey and the, I don't know, the, the, the way his mind works. And also like the, the humbleness to be like, it's kind of like you being like, yeah, like I'm, I'm cool being really great at something and cool getting uncomfortable. You know, so that was, uh, it was really interesting to get with, to chat with him. And I think yeah. about what you're saying too, about like, uh, kind of doing all these different things, but I find a lot of the stuff you're saying, <clears throat> it's almost hard to like put words to, right? <laughs> like, like what, like why it matters. Right. And I think it's almost like, maybe it's like an American or a Western thing where we want to like, say like exactly like, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, this like acrobatic move see it'll fit perfectly and I can I, in a tangible way I can show how it'll matter but right. like some of the stuff you're talking about like doing the jujitsu and and surfing and all these things it's like it's actually all that like knowledge that we can't quite explain it's actually just kind of like poking ourselves in a lot of different places to like just <laughs> feed it a little bit more so that like in right. nuanced moments we have a little bit more information to play with right yeah totally yeah and and I think it's like I mean like what does it all accumulate to like i mean like you could say like oh it's just like it's being able to express with the body like if i want to go here and do, like marlo talks about that a lot like if i want to be able to go here like i can go here right or if i want to be able to like say this i can say this um like but also it's just like joy you know it's like i love moving and i love you know feeling good and and being in my body and in my spine and, you know, being able to like uh, spinning on my head is fun. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I love just like doing that and like feeling that like, you know, rush and, and, and I think even beyond like, you know, the dance floor, the expression, it's just like, just brings joy to like move this amazing machine that we have and like, all the ways and like the struggle too you know like i'd say i'm even more interested in and in how i can struggle these days and how i can succeed <laughs> yeah i feel like uh you know i think i told you this when we first met that like i don't i don't have any dance background like none i think i had to take a couple dance classes when i was in theater school um but more recently it's been like you know working with tom taking these like fighting monkey workshops doing things like you know your workshops and classes and and now I, I spend a lot of time a lot a lot of time doing like improvisation and whatever I think some people might call it play some people might call it dance but I'm out there like doing my thing for a long like that's probably the bulk of my sessions at this point but coming from a place where I've done a lot of like either strength work or skill centric work I've never felt as much, I said this to my wife yesterday, I was like, I don't have a better word other than it, 
like it feels like it gives me more meaning or more purpose in in that right in in that amount of time of like kind of being with where I'm at and kind of being with the environment or whatever it is all at one time maybe it's like that idea of like a flow state or something um but yeah I was like the only time I other time I could kind of compare it to was doing jujitsu when things were like really just like fully like in the moment uh and as I told you I did stand-up comedy for 10 years and like when I was like killing it felt like that but right. throughout my the rest of my movement journey like kind of doing the skills like it was it really exciting when a skill happened it wasn't like not great but it didn't have that same like feeling of meaning you know right um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's that something that resonates with you, you know, through like your, your expression or when you dance or something, or if it's something you've, you've experienced in other ways because you've spent so much time dancing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so hard to say like, you know, where like, it, it's almost like there's so much there now that's like hard to find like the origin, you know, like, um, and I guess like the cool thing is like, it it all feels good and you know creates the many experiences whether like you know whether that experience is taking an outdoor class and feeling like oh i feel good about being able to do this handstand or cartwheel or thing or, or maybe it's like you know being able to jump a roof gap or being able to just like jump in a cypher being able to just like vibe out at 2 a.m at the studio and like feel like you're the best dancer in the world even though like <laughs> what are you even doing um, <laughs> but like i guess like the cool thing is like it doesn't matter right because like all of that is there and it's great and like maybe one day it's because like you're training for this battle and, like you win the battle right or maybe another day it's like just because you like you can feel a groove in your body or maybe another day it's like Oh yeah, you can like run fast and that feels like animalistically good, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I often think about also like uh, you know, this idea of of I don't know, it almost being like a like a selfless act in some ways and I think that you kind of do that when you're teaching and when you're I'm saying that you specifically like from taking your class that it's like it doesn't necessarily feel self-serving. And when I've watched you like do your thing, it doesn't, it, it feels like it's, it's a way of like communicating to the students and, mm. and, and kind of bringing a community together and not necessarily totally. always being like, let me do this thing for myself. Right. Yeah. Like that seems like there's some, there, there's this layer of like, Oh, like how do I like facilitate the joining of people in, and, and, and like the gathering. Yeah, totally. And and I think like, you know, just like, I always say this, like dance is so honest and like movement is so honest because you can't fake it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can either do the move or you can't do the move. Like you can't, like no one goes to a jam and they're like, oh yeah, like I can do air flares. <laughs> like, no, like you either do it or you don't do it. And like, and there's a lot of integrity in that. And I think like, like to what you're saying, like, being able to like walk the walk and like have that level of credibility can like give you a platform and be like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not just like saying all this stuff because like, I want to say it. It's like, like, you know, this is like my experience and like, 
like, why should you listen? Oh, because like when I get in the cipher, like, like you can feel something, right? Like I can, I can tell you or like share, or like make you like experience a thing and be like, oh, wow. Like I, I want to like be able to do some of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when we, when we met up to chat, you told me that you had gone and done Rafe's intensive and you know, he and I actually spoke yesterday and I told him I was going to be talking to oh, you nice. today. Um, and I said to him uh, that, and I think I butchered it because I remember you saying something like it was one of the best movement experiences you had had. Um, and I forget the exact language you used, but I told him that. Um, I don't know if you wanted him to know, but I was like, oh, you know, he oh, should yeah, hear he this because I thought it was a really nice compliment. Um, and I know that the stuff he does is is seemingly very far from breakdancing. Um, although, as we've just kind of addressed, like the crossover from everything is like there. Mm-hmm. What was it about that kind of experience that like really did it for you or like rocked your world? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, so it was the evolve move play return to the source, like week long um, retreat. And yeah, hopefully, you know, shout out to Rafe for sure. Cause like he was, a he was definitely instrumental on, um the path that i'm on now which is just like you know like exploring movement and the body um and he's like he's he's just a genius you know like like we talked about before he's just such a like he's such a movement nerd he's such a anthropology nerd um such a um psychology you know just like he just digs and digs and like um just such a phenomenal teacher um and i think like there are so many aspects to like what made that return to the source experience, like just next level. Um, the community side of things is like huge. Um, just like bringing together this like tribe. Um, and you're just like, you know, working hard, sweating together, eating together, you know, doing cold plunges together. Like in it, by the end of the week, it was just like, well, like so, so rich. Um, and and also just like his his attention to human detail um, in terms of like, I, I mean, I still talk about, like he does this like joint washing routine and he goes through like every joint and just like, you know, says hi to it and and moves it and mobilize. And like, like that was the first thing we did first day years ago. And that's still in my brain, you know, just like that attention to detail there. And also talking about like, you know, anthropologically, like play culture and rough housing, like these things that like, it's, it's like, it seems like these are obvious things that everyone should be talking about all the time, but they're not. And like, like the fact that like his, his mind, his research goes there. um, It's just like, it's just gold. I mean, I think I told you, like, there are so many moments that I returned to the source when we would just be like in a circle and like, you could hear a pin drop and it's just Rafe, like, you know, sharing some research that he's done or some, you know, information that he's learned or, you know, witnessed. And it's just like, whoa, like, this is so important. Um, so yeah, I think just like, yeah, the knowledge and the community were like, those were huge. And of course, like the experience itself was like, you know, being on the land and, and the places we went and the things that we did and the, 
partner exercises and the food and the water, I mean, all of that, like was supportive of that, but, but the, you know, those two things are huge highlights because, because anyone can have a movement retreat with beautiful scenery and beautiful food, um, and like fun movement exercises. But I think what Rafe specifically brings that makes it that next level is like bringing together the community and bringing in that like extra deep knowledge. So did that experience kind of, and it must have, because I feel like we, obviously we carry a piece of everything we've done into everything else we do, but in, in ways that you can express, did that roll over into how you teach or did it start affecting the way that you approach teaching or anything? Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. That was, that was kind of like the first, that was the first, um, kind of non-dance related movement retreat that I went on. Um, and that, that initial spark was from Jesse Stensland, who, um, is just like phenomenal mover, teacher, um, human. And, and she, she knows Rafe and recommended, like, I saw like a video and she was like, Oh yeah, that's Rafe's thing. And I was like, what's up with Rafe? And she was like, he's awesome. That's what's up. So go. Um, but, but that was kind of like my first deep dive into that. And then her and I developed, um, a lot of, you know, different stuff, um, from her research and experience around that kind of merging dance with, you know, just like strength training, mobility training. Like she was at athletes performance, um, training as a pro triathlete for a long time. So she had a lot of that experience and then bringing, dance into that um but but yeah like i mean that was like a huge that was a huge um like we had the spark from her but that added like some real fuel to it and then it was like because i was like you know he validated so many things that i was already kind of like pondering and then he brought so much more to the table you know like he validated that many things which is how much my brain was thinking and then he was like oh and also like (laughs) there's like Mm -hmm. all this other stuff this is like i have i i'm going to ask you two questions and they're kind of like maybe they're related maybe they're unrelated but i just want to like put them out there while i'm thinking about them because they're kind of like going together here one is i remember you talking about like how when we first met this was like a couple weeks ago when you said that um teaching is like a thing that you're like you feel like you're now really focusing on like being, um, I forget what you said, like a better teacher or or really focusing on your teaching. So I'm curious about kind of that process and how it's different from maybe how you saw yourself teaching previously. And two, uh, as you talk, and I know like right now, I don't know, I think, do you only teach breakdancing at the moment? Um, no. So actually I teach, I teach a lot of breaking. Um, mm-hmm. but I also teach not like weekly, but I teach this class called break flow, which I normally teach as an intensive, which is kind of like a, it's very much inspired by, um, Marlowe's floor flow mm-hmm. curriculum. Um, and the two teacher trainings I've done with her. Um, and it's also inspired by, um, 
everything else I've done <laughs> that's not necessarily breaking. So like um, contemporary floor work, contemporary dance, break flow or uh, break fit, which is like a, you know, human like strength training curriculum that I developed around just breaking movements. Um, you know, the movement games that I've played with Tom Wexler and Liav and um, all of the teachers I've worked with in Latin America, like just like, it's kind of like, and I tell this to all my students, like it's Alex's just like playroom of like, let's just like do this weird shit and then do some contact improv and then learn some breaking and then do this floor flow thing. Like, it's just like this explosion. Well, you're already, then you're already answering my second question because my second question was basically going to be like, Oh, like it sounds like you're kind of in route to also teaching something bigger, like, like a movement, <laughs> uh, like a yeah. broader movement class. So like that kind of answers my, that question because I'm curious about that as well. So there are two kind of different questions. One is about like your, where, where you, kind of foresee maybe teaching or, or, or what, what it looks like moving forward. Cause it sounds like you're already kind of doing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, is kind of, yeah, about like how, how the teaching has changed and evolved or, yeah. or what you're thinking about in terms of, of your teaching approach. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I've said this a lot recently too. Like I feel so like having so many amazing teachers recently um, and like, prime example here at the block is like Celia. Um, she's just like this incredible, like veteran mover, dancer, teacher. I mean, she's just done so many things and taught so many things that like taking her class, I'm like, I am so unqualified to teach movement. Like it's not even funny. Um, but then also feeling like you know, the other side of that is like, and yet I see some of the breaking education that's out there or the lack thereof. And especially in Boulder, like there's just not a lot. And I, I feel like I am unqualified, but the best qualified out of what I see. So it's like this, this balance, right? It's like, well, I don't feel ready, but I could take another 10 years to be ready. But like in that 10 years, like, am I just going to leave this hole or am I going to let it be taught? Like, in a way that I don't agree with, or am I going to just like fill that hole the best I can and tell people like, someone's like, Hey, like I really want to work on my strength and mobility. It's like, okay, well, you know, go to the BMC, go take Kyle's class, go take Tracy's class, go do animal flow. Like there's like other, you know, not being like, Oh, I know everything. I can teach you how to be strong and mobile. And it's like, no, like I don't actually, I don't know anything. (laughs) I might be able to teach you how to do a windmill because this is what's worked for, you know, my students over the last 10 years but really like I'm so unprepared um, in terms of like where I want to be. I don't know if I'll, I hopefully will never be like, now I'm ready. You know, <laughs> I feel like there's always going to be a better teacher for like some specific thing. Um, but if I can just like be honest with that and be like, Hey, like, you know, I love developing better ways to teach breaking, right. So that more people can get involved and be engaged and have fun and learn these moves. And, if I can just like be like, you know, that's what I'm doing and I can teach you how to do this. And I, there's someone who can teach you how to do this thing better. And they're right down the street. Like that's, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I admire that like humble attitude because I, I don't know, I feel like being around like 
the movement world, there's like not enough of that. Oftentimes there's like a certain kind of like, no, no, I've got it all figured out. So I, I, I admire the, uh, the willingness to like say, I don't know. I think that's like one of my favorite qualities in people. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just wonder someday, like, do I even know anything? Like, like, (laughs) what do I know? Well, in some ways it almost seems like breaking at least education wise. It's like, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe it's reminiscent. And I guess someone from jujitsu would know better, but like, it seems reminiscent of like early jujitsu days, you know, because jujitsu is kind like Brazilian jujitsu you know, like 20 years ago when it was like, people were trying to figure out like how to teach it. And even today, they're still like making discoveries. Like Donnerher has like put together his whole like leg lock system and it's still growing uh-huh. and evolving. And yeah, it almost is like breakdancing's like kind of ha- maybe about to have its moment because as we talked about, like it's going to be in the Olympics and like people are going to be hungry for it. And and that th- these ideas for teaching it will start to evolve with that maybe. Yeah, totally. And, and it's like scary to even think about that because I'm like I mean I think there's there's definitely like many right ways to teach things Mm -hmm. and there's just as many if not more wrong ways (laughs) and it it does scare me because like some of the you know classes I've taken or teachers I've taken from it's like whoa like like given what I know now and even what I knew then it's like that's like really not a very good or safe way to, to do that or teach that. And like, I guess like my challenge to like the breaking community would be like, do your research and like know what you know and know what you don't know and know like your limitations as a teacher um, and use, like take advantage of the, the amazing network of people out there who have been doing dance and movement education for decades because it's so rich um, and they have so much to teach us and we can we will be so much better equipped to to train our students if we take advantage of that versus trying to reinvent the wheel on all fronts like there's no reason for us to reinvent the wheels like sure like we have to like we have to figure out like what is the best way to teach air power you know, cause that hasn't really been taught before. Um, and, and sure there's, you know, there's <laughs> like thinking about gymnastics, you know, like I think that this is something that is being uncovered more every year. Like, okay, actually there's like some really unhealthy things that have been taught in gymnastics. Um, so like not necessarily like being sticklers for like, oh, well this is how it's been done. So we need to keep doing it this way. But like, you know, there's people out there right now who are just like, I mean, <laughs> like, Dr. Spina, right, with the whole functional range systems, like who are doing deep scientific work and and have so much to share in a very um, productive way. And like taking advantage of those, you know, modern understandings or, or you know, like, like, like Celia, who has this experience in, in other move and other dance styles or, or Pilates or um, you know, gyrokinesis or, you know, animal flow. Like, I mean, there's just like, like we don't have to do it all. Like there's so much that's been done. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, I mean, you're, it sounds like it's almost like a, um, a, a suggestion to the breakdancing community to maybe not go necessarily as far as you've gone in terms of like spreading your wings, but like 
get out there a little bit because you get some ideas if you don't have to totally fly solo. Yeah. I mean, and you absolutely like, you shouldn't like, that's insane. Like there's there, like, it's just too much. Like you, you're not going to serve yourself or your students well by trying to like do all of this on your own. Um, and, and I think that's beautiful because, because then we can, we can build on knowledge rather than having to write the books all over again. When we met the first time, as I said, kind of when we first got on here, you gave me this like history of breakdancing um, that I asked for because I'm like, I know nothing about, I think that's what I said when we sat down. I was like, I don't know anything about breakdancing. Like, you know, tell me what you know. But after you told me, I said, oh, like, this is amazing. Do you share this with your students? And you said, yeah, like, you know, I think it's important to like give people the context so that they understand like mm -hmm. where this is coming from. Like it's, it's, I think you might've said something like it's as important as like just doing the moves. Like, you know, it's really? probably more important to understand where it's coming from. And you said that you do that in your class and every class that I've been to, uh, either at the beginning or at the end, you kind of give something about like what it is and mm -hmm. uh, either like the hip hop culture piece of it or, or the, the street culture piece of it or, or something. Um, and I don't know what, what, what provoked that, what, pro, you know, what provoked you to be like, it's important for people to, to understand like where this art form originated and to continue to like reiterate it. Yeah, totally. Um, and Kyle, I have to jump off in a few, um, cause okay. I have another, meeting um but i'm happy to pick up again you know whenever okay. um but i mean i guess like i just had really good mentors you know um larry southall who i mentioned last time um when we were chatting he he teaches and he's a big part of the hip-hop certificate at cu um and and he always just talks about you know like where do these dances come from and like the only way that we cannot appropriate something is by talking about their origins and like showing love to that and like, and respecting that. Um, and that's not to say like things can't evolve, but like we have to like know where we came from. Um, and I think that also like keeps the integrity, right? Because like, um, it was in class, I think it was last Thursday actually, you know, like we were talking about the Olympics and like, I'm I'm stoked for the Olympics and I, I'm like actually planning on on going out for it and like I'm training super hard right now but it's like what is going to be lost in that or what what's the potential for things being lost and I think it's like it's this like raw vibe of breaking um and like it's such a dope like raw style because of where it comes from because it comes from the streets it comes from rocking it comes from fighting it comes from a struggle and like not every dance style can say that um and like that that like nitty gritty, like down and dirty, like in your face, like that's like so like it, I like get chills thinking about it because it's it's so dope. And like, it, it's like that, it's that much passion. You know, like if you're ever in a situation where like if you've been in a street fight or if you've been around a street fight, like all of a sudden, like, like it's like you just get, you become fight or flight alive to the, nth degree right like i'm sure like you've experienced that you know when you're in like a a real 
you know, rolling situation in, in BJJ, it's like, like <laughs> your like whole body is on and it's the same with breaking. It's like, like, and you, and then you get to really express that, but uninhibited because you don't have someone who you're like literally physically grappling with. And you're like, you're grappling with gravity and air and the music. And then it's just like this like explosion of like expression. And I think sometimes like we see that, especially on a screen, like, oh yeah, that guy's like spinning on his head, like crazy. And that guy's like hopping around on his hand. And it's like, but like, you don't feel that like, oh, that like heart pumping, like, like, like deep rooted energetic vibe that's like so like i wish i could like push it into the screen but like you you just can't and until you're like in a cypher or at the club or at the battle or at the jam and like physically there like you you will not feel that um and i think that's that's something that like we like we have to watch out for as things get more on screen and and mainstream because Mm -hmm. To me, like that's that's what makes breaking like so unique and so beautiful. Right. And that's what you continue to like convey to to your students as you like share these messages, like to just be like, it's not just this studio thing that we're doing here that you're like paying to be a member of. Like there's something right. richer going on. And it and it's not it doesn't come from this at all. This is so distant from where it started mm-hmm. that like we have to understand like, okay, maybe like it's really hard for you to relate to like this energy or this like vibe because, and that makes sense because we're not in the streets. We're not like at a house party um, and trying to like help people see like, okay, like this isn't hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Like this is a product of hip hop culture that like we're learning about but like until you go to a jam, like you don't understand like what hip hop is really. <laughs> yeah, I know you got to run. So if you want to run, let me know because the only last thing I do want to hear about is um, is the block party because I know it's like a really special thing that goes on there. And if you yeah. feel like it's going to take too long, we can jump back on in a little bit. But if you have the time, I would love to let you kind of chat about that because it is something that every time I bring up the block to people in Boulder, people are like oh the block party yeah yeah so you let me know what you want to do no let's let's just jump in and 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 finish it (laughs) um yeah so so block party um came from (laughs) it came from this place of frustration um because we there was this event in denver um called mighty four and it was like partnered with like this other big event um and they they hosted a jam and it was like 25 dollars entry which like like i look back and i'm like oh you guys are so stupid like but we we're all like in college and like super broke and like we we're all like bitter we we're like oh i can't believe they're charging 25 bucks but like but but they weren't making money you know like no one's making money off of dance events really um, especially in denver but we were like you know we should throw a free event and like, not only is it going to be free to get in, but it's free to battle. And there's like free workshops and there's free food and there's like free everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were like, all right, well, let's throw like our crew jam. So we, we threw this event called worm tank jam. And that was like the premise, like everything's free. Um, 
and it was like a pretty successful event. Like we had a couple hundred people show up. It was all good. Everyone had fun. And then the next year, and this was, this was probably nine years ago. Um, so this was before the block. And then the next year we're like, all right, this was a super dope event. Like let's do it again. Um, so we did it again. We did it at the Avalon in Boulder and it just like grew a little bit. Um, and we had some international people come in. We brought some judges in from out of town. Um, we had a few more like states come in and battle and, and it was, it like popped off and we were like, whoa, this like everyone loved it. Um, and the cool thing that happened at that event was like, we raised all this prize money, like doing street shows. We raised like all of the prize money doing street shows. <laughs> um, and, and most of the money that we raised for the rest of the event was just doing a street show. So, so we had, we kept all the ones from the street shows and we like stacked them into like stacks of a hundred and the $500 prize money we like gave to those people in $1 bills. And we were like, we're like, we want you to know how hard we worked for this money. Like, this isn't just like some corporate sponsorship. Like we literally earned every dollar. And then the winning team, it was, it was actually Larry and some of the like OG guys and they got on the mic and they were like, Hey, we're like, we don't want the money. Like they were like, put it back into the event because this event is like too, too dope and it needs to keep happening. So then the following year after that was the first year that the block was open. And then it kind of worked because it was like, it's the block party. Like it was like kind of weird how it worked out. And we had it here at the studio in the parking lot um, and it just kept growing. And that year, the same thing happened. The, the winning team gave us the prize money back. And then the following year, after the, before the finals, both the teams got on the mic and they were like, hey, regardless of who wins, like we we're already giving the prize money back. <laughs> and then, and that's what we kind of gave up. We're like, all right, no more prize money. We're just going to put that money into like bringing out more people. So then it, it kind of grew into this like international thing. Like we have like the, the last like non COVID block party was in 2018. And we had like 11 different countries come through and battle. Um, and we had, I think 250 competitors and it's like this huge thing. And the cool thing is like the prize money is zero. <laughs> um, so it's just like, it's a battle for, it's a battle for just fun. You know, like it's like this whole idea of like, you know, what the block is and what block parties is like, come as you are. Um, like don't, you don't have to bring like your craziest shoes or dance moves or, you know, matching whatever, like, just, just come, just like have fun, get down. Like, doesn't matter if you win or lose. Like, it's not about that. Like it, it doesn't matter what style you are. So block parties, like open styles. And like, we play all the music, like everything from like hardcore breaks to like opera to Disney jams, like everything goes. Um, and it's just like, you know, like, just, just come as you are, have fun, like get down. It's, it's a block party. It's not a, it's not a battle. It's like, there is a battle, but that's just like, you know, it's more like people say like, it's like a family reunion. Like everyone shows up and just like has a good time. You see your homies, like you get down, maybe you win, maybe you lose, but like, it's not a big deal. Um, and because of that, like it kind of is a big deal, which is like so ironic, right? Like everyone's like, it's like a, it's like a big thing now. And if you win, it's like, whoa, like you won block party. That's like crazy. But it's also like, 
not because anyone who goes to block party knows like the best battles at block party like they're normally not the finals like like you might have the best battle of the event like in top 16 because it's all just like random you know like you never know like the the two like best teams or like the best exchange might happen like we had an exchange a few years ago it was like it was this crazy team from holland and the uk like world-class team versus like the block moms and it was just five moms of kids who like decided to battle and they like had danced and like they had danced you know as youth or you know maybe some of them professionally but but they were very much retired and they battled this team but that was like everyone was so hyped because whatever the moms did however sassy or funny or funky it was like they got so much props because like these moms did not give a shit who these people were. They were just like being moms and being like badass. And, and just to have a mom go up to like someone who's like internationally recognized as like a, a battlehead and just be like, no, like, <laughs> and of course that's like such crazy energy. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, like she doesn't even know what she just did and how hype that is. And then the other team just like, you know, they don't care. They're just there to have a good time. You know, they're not there to like, oh, we're going to like battle these. So they're just like, you know, having a good time too. So you get those types of moments and, and, and that's like, and, and people would just come in and, and my favorite stories are like the people who are like shopping at King Supers and then they came and then they're like, yeah, I came to like, see what was going on. And then like six hours later, I like, had to go home <laughs> because I had like things to do, but they're just like, what is going on? This is like the craziest shit I've ever seen because you have like world, like literal, like world-class dancers just like jamming in a parking lot. <laughs> so do you, th and you'll have one for 2021? Yeah. So we did it last year and it, you know, it's weird. It's COVID vibe. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, we need it now more than ever. So yeah. I think like we're going to keep doing it and, you know, again, like, you know, if people can make it, if they feel safe, we can make it, you know, something that people feel comfortable being at, like, great. And, um, you know, we need it now more than ever. And sure, it's, it's more work because you have to, you know, take precautions and have more space and wear masks and all that. But like, if, if there's one time when we need block parties, it's, it's right now. Well, the, the people who I talked to who were there for the one this year, the, the COVID block party, mm -hmm said that it was incredible and it also felt like it was also with a lot of respect to like the way COVID is like it was like they felt cool they felt safe and they were also like it was just so beautiful that it that it happened yeah. um That's anyway awesome here i want to i want to let you run but also like plug uh you know if how people want to connect with you find you take class with you you know you know let us know yeah tell me. yeah yeah man um uh, i mean come to the block Block 1750 Instagram. That's basically where it all happens. Um, my Instagram's just just worming up because um, I'm I'm just always worming up. And uh, yeah, like I'd love to you know engage with anyone in conversations or whatever. Um, email is just Alex at Block1750.com. Um, and yeah, just love to exchange. Well, I have to just say that taking your class is uh humbling it's uh inspiring and super welcoming so i'm really grateful that you invited me to like come and do some classes with you and 
we're going to meet up tomorrow and jam. So I'm excited to see yeah. you in the morning. Ooh. Nice, man. Have All a good right. day. Thank you so much for this, dude. Yo, thanks, Kyle. Later. Peace.